Ladies and gentlemen, bienvenidos, señoras y señores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast, brought to you by none other than Silverback Sports, shopsilverback.com, and at shopsilverback on Twitter. Season 2, Episode 9, I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez, here with you as always, RobG1063 on Twitter. And of course, joining me is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. NAI Ball himself, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Cody Butler. Cody, man, what's going on? How you doing? Fantastic, man. I just got a good feeling about this week's show. I really believe we're going to hit it out of the park. I'm calling my shot. Love it. We're ready to get rolling. As always, we will start out with shout-outs and mentions. We've got a wonderful interview with ABCA College Liaison Jeremy Schiedinger. We've got our big series of the week recap. Our conference races, we're going to highlight some of the toughest conference races and the closest conference races from around the nation surprises of the week we'll go over our nai ball podcast players of the week our hitter and pitcher of the week our series that you need to be watching around the nation our silverback sports big series of the week and then we're going to close with a little masters prediction courtesy of our friend mikey perez negron at antelope valley but first we start things out as we always do shout outs and mentions let's give a shout out first here to lawrence tech pitcher sam brace a no hitter versus Rochester quite the accomplishment we'll talk a little bit more about him in the show a shout out to Concordia University Ann Arbor's Blaine Milheim on becoming the school's all-time hit leader with 230 career hits a shout out to Tabor pitcher Hayden Wheeler for setting the school's single game strikeout record with 16 shout out to San Xavier University catcher Matt Bonetta on hitting for the cycle, dude went 5-for-5 five five with 9 RBIs. A shout-out to cornerstone pitcher Colin Young on setting the program record with 23 and a third scoreless innings pitch. He's got 36 innings pitch on the season, a 180 ERA so far this year. Shout-out to Max Maitland at the Masters on setting the program's record for most hits in a career, 256. A huge shout-out to USAO Alex Sanchez. Three games played, eight runs, five home runs, two of those being Grand Slams, 15 RBIs. Shout out to McPherson's Trevor Johnson, 11 hits, 5 home runs, 13 RBIs, and 8 runs for him. A couple of coaches' mentions to go over here. Westmont's Robert Ruiz becomes a winning coach in program history, 284 wins. Congrats to Coach Ruiz. CUAA, Concordia University at Ann Arbor. Zach Johnston, win number 151. He becomes CUAA's all-time wins leader. Congratulations to him. A shout-out to Bellevue head coach Dwayne Monlux and a, just a good guy all around for career win number 600. Congratulations, Coach Monlux, on that one. And Scott Barry at Mayville State, career win number 1,100. Congratulations, Coach Barry. He was the best-dressed guy at the ABCA convention that I saw him and Woody Hunt were absolutely dressed to impress there. So great guys, Scott Barry and Woody Hunt. And then finally, a shout-out to Oklahoma Wesleyan's Austin Soka, named one of the 40 finalists on the USA Baseball Golden Spikes Award watch list. He's got an opportunity to move in, actually, into the semifinals, and then it becomes voting. So he's having an absolutely incredible season, hitting absolutely incredible, well over 400, 
and he absolutely deserves to be on that list. So congratulations to the Oklahoma Wesleyan product and Austin Soka. Cody, man, shout out to mentions. Anything to add? What really stands out to you? Congratulations to all our coaches, Coach Ruiz, Coach Johnston, Coach Monlux, and Coach Barry. They're just representing the NAI really well. Absolutely agree with that. Now it's time for our interview with the ABCA College Liaison, the host of the Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, Jeremy Sheetinger, who joins us now on the NAI Ball podcast. Joining us now on the NAI Ball podcast via the Silverback Sports Hotline is the ABCA College Liaison, host of Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, Mr. Jeremy Sheetinger himself. Coach Sheets, man, what's going on? How are you doing today? Thank you for taking some time out and joining me and Cody. Bienvenidos, amigos. Uh, I'm excited to jump on here with you. Robbie, Cody, man, love what you guys do. Thanks for having me on. And Anytime you can talk AI baseball, I'm pretty fired up to do it. Hey, you know what? A lot of people don't know, but you have an NAI background. You know, you've spent time at, at a lot of different levels. You spent yeah. time at Kentucky. You spent time at Georgetown in 2005 and Brescia in 2007. So a lot of people don't know that from around the country that you're an NAI guy yourself. You've, you've, get, you've spent your time. 100%, no doubt. So really kind of a neat caveat to this whole thing is, you know, I, I, uh, I moonlight as an associate scout for Atlanta Braves. my fifth year doing that. And so I'm at an NC State Coastal Carolina game. I want to let it be known. I am wearing an NAI long sleeve t-shirt right now given to me by the NAI BCA. So I'm representing because I knew I'd be on the phone with you guys, but uh, no, you're dead on, man. Like I, I cut my teeth as an NAI. I played division two at Kentucky Wesleyan and I wanted to get into college coaching. And, you know, I know we'll talk probably a little bit about this later, but just so happened I worked with the guy who was playing at Georgetown in a summer job. And he said, Hey man, new staff just came in. Here's a great opportunity and new head coach. And I met, man, it was a, it was a perfect fit. So I jumped over there in 05, and that was like 10 minutes from my house. So I got a chance to literally like work at home, substitute teach, drive up, do laundry till 11 o'clock at night, drive back home 10 minutes. So it was perfect. And then um, in the meantime, between going to Georgetown to Brescia, I actually uh, worked at a baseball academy. My college coach and I ran a baseball academy back in Owensboro. We coached the Owensboro Oilers. So it was our first year back. And then the Kit League, now they're in the Ohio Valley League. And uh, in the meantime of all that, I, you know, was coaching a kid that played at Brescia and they got a new head coach. And so that coach um, uh, reached out and said, hey, man, I'm looking for an assistant coach. I took a graduate assistant job making five grand. Um, and I had a chance to uh, at Georgetown. I got paid nothing. I got handshakes and a free lunch every once in a while at Brescia. I actually worked at a metal factory from 4 a.m. until 2 p.m. so that I could go coach from 2.30 until 10 get home, make recruiting calls, the whole thing. But, like, that was, to me, the perfect weed eater for, do you really want to do this? Like, is this something you want to do and dedicate and sacrifice and do everything that's necessary to, to get better at, at coaching college baseball? So those two opportunities were huge. And I'll, I'll give you this little tidbit. So when I had the chance to leave Brescia after one season and go to the University of Kentucky, and this is a huge nod to all those folks that are out there, you know, playing or coaching NAI baseball, the only reason I got the call from John Cohen to come on staff at Kentucky was because I was an NAI guy. And the reason is he had just hired Nick Mingione, who was the now the new head coach at University of Kentucky. At the time, he was at Embry-Riddle. If you go back in your history archives, Embry-Riddle was rolling. William Brothers, they were absolutely killing it. Well, Nick was the assistant coach. In my very first college game, I coached against 
Nick Mingione as an assistant coach. We got to know each other. He got the UK job. I went over and worked camps for him. I was the first guy there, last guy to leave, uh, ran a station, stayed in the dorms, did everything he asked me to do because that's what you do as, a again, a small college coach. Coach Cohen said, dude, I like NAI guys because they know work ethic. They're blue-collar guys. They get that you got to sacrifice, and it's 100 hours a week, and you don't complain about leaving early. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't mention any of that. You just do the job because you know it's for the greater good. And uh, so that's a huge nod to NAI baseball, man. But that's the only reason I got that job because I was coaching NAI baseball at the time. So I got a, I got a huge soft spot for what's going on there. That's awesome. I, I just absolutely love that, you know, and I think it's huge when you see these people at the next level that have been in the AI and there's, there's plenty of them around sure. get into a little bit more of that here in a little bit. But before we do, oh. I want you to give us a rundown of kind of what your position is with ABCA. What are your day-to-day activities? What's a day in, in, in the life of Sheets like? <laughs> well, it's awesome. Um, you know, you wake up and you hit the ground and your uh, veins are pumping full of awesomeness. And, uh, no, I mean, it's a it's an awesome transition out of coaching into the opportunity to now work for coaches. And that's the beauty of the way I've shaped my job in my own mind is my job is to serve coaches. My job is every day to find ways to uh, do things within our association do things that have residual effect to what they do on a day-to-day basis and uh, find a way to make their lives better and then on top of that you know build into the resource part of this that allows them to challenge themselves allows them to connect with other coaches that kind of really gets that spirit of sharing going and learning and lifelong learning and so that's been a huge piece like you know typical typical day man especially relative to what we got going on now is there's generally a podcast interview in there somewhere so I've coordinated Hey, from, you know, this time to this time, I'm going to connect with a coach or group of coaches. Um, I'm probably going to spend some time watching YouTube videos. We've moved into this digital video space that I have no idea about. Again, I'm a dumb baseball coach. It's trying to figure out how to work a, you know, $3,000 camera. So trying to understand YouTube and how things work and how to put these things together. I've been working a lot on that. We're actually going to record a really cool uh, interview tomorrow that will release the following week. That's going to be this new move in our direction of, of trying to populate YouTube, uh, trying to continue to coordinate the ABC of the road show, which is our, our pilot TV show. We're working to get sponsorship behind that so we can start shooting season two. And um, more than that, fielding phone calls. Like I literally today was on the phone. If I had to say eight hours in the office, guys, I was on the phone for, you know, five hours at least because you, you get a guy on the horn and you're 30 minutes and you're 45 here and, had a guy this morning, we were an hour and 10, and you're just listening, and you're just letting them bark about pulling tarps and chasing rain and being a weatherman, but more than that, how their team's progressing. And then for me, I'm trying to really divert the conversation to, well, where, where can you be better, man? What, what, who's a, what's a player that you can go reach out to today, or how are you bringing up those role players? Because we all know the back-end kids that aren't playing right now, especially at this point in the year, those are the kids that we need to find out. Are they on board with us, or are they transferring? Uh, you know, are, are they are they part of the problem? Or are they part of the solution? And so, just trying to keep those daily reminders to those guys and be that be that hopefully that comforting ear, but sometimes a voice, but more than that, challenge them to keep growing and learning. So, again, I love my job, man. It, it's, I'm I'm blessed and grateful for the opportunity to do it, and uh, I'm trying to get better at it each day. I mean, obviously, you went through a ton of how the ABCA already helps coaches around the nation, would help coaches in the NAI. One of the things we got to experience this year was NAI ball 
at the convention, at the coaches' yeah. convention. It was absolutely yeah. phenomenal. That was the largest coverage of really small college baseball probably that there's ever been because we talked with 50-plus programs, um, more programs than we had ever talked with in the past, more programs than we had ever covered in the past, and we were able to build these connections. And you know what? The, one of the coolest moments for for me was I'm – I'm standing there interviewing, I want to say it was uh, Coach Faulkner at Madonna, and Rob Childress walks by, and Rob Childress and I are alumni, and he sees my jacket, he recognizes my jacket, he recognizes me, and we got to talking, and you know, that was one of the best parts was getting to talk to these coaches at all levels of of college baseball who have those ties uh, to the NAI, like Rob Childress, like Matt Degg. Sure. You know, and, and the the number of coaches that we have that have gone on to the next level, I mean, even higher, like Jake McKinley, who was on y'all's yep. main stage this year, mm-hmm. you know, but what does the ABCA, how, do, how does the ABCA help elevate the NAI in the way that you do your, your conventions and the way that you have your barnstormer clinics? When I took this job as a college liaison, it was the first time this job had ever been created at the ABCA. So there was no script. Like I didn't have a playbook when I sat down my first day on the job that said, Hey, do this, do this, do that. So I went, you know what? Like I, I know some issues that we talk about on the NAI level. Like I, I can call a couple of people, make sure they're still current. Cause I'd been coaching. I was a division three head coach for three years before I got there. So I, I did that. And I made some phone calls and I connected with guys. And so my first literally like two months on the job, man, we're putting out a survey that is finding out what coaches think about a possible national letter of intent. We're having conversations about, uh, the competitive advantage rule, which is now, uh, you know, is starting to move forward with, with some legislation, hopefully here soon with the national office. We had a chance to have conversations from the ABCA office that had happened before about NEIA baseball and what are the ways that coaches think it could be improved. And so I've tried from day one to be that, you know, that sympathizer, that voice, but more than that, maybe if I can help organize and do what we can, we can't, we can't designate legislation. We can't, you know, our, our power is limited to, to a lot of regards, but we can organize, we can continue to push the message. And I'll say this, man, from Brad Needhammer to Brian Weedy to um, the entire BCA, Tony Repke, Kit McWilliams, like I mentioned, uh, Boyd Pitkin, from my first convention there in Nashville in 16, uh, sitting down with the BCA and having conversations of how do you think the ABCA can get involved? And they said, well, man, I mean, they're, they're, we got some ideas. How about, how about we start with, you know, come out to the NAI World Series? Yeah, done deal, man. I already had it on my schedule, so I was hoping that I got the invite. And this, this actually this year will be my fourth consecutive trip to the NAI World Series. And instead of meeting it on the first three or four days, I'm going to go on the back three days. And I'm going to watch the, the dog pile. I'm going to make sure I catch that moment for NAI baseball. So I got involved early with the BCA, which got me privy to some serious, you know, behind-the-scenes information. I started to to understand the conversations and how the national office worked and some of the beefs that the BCA historically had gone up against the national office with. And so I was trying to find ways to navigate that and move it forward. Now, if you call it Weedy or Hammer or any of those guys, man, they'll tell you I have from day one said at least one thing I, I, I want to be charged with is that we work towards talking about and hopefully legitimizing a NAI national letter of intent. I think that is one of the next biggest steps toward legitimacy, certainly in the eyes of, the, of, of coaches and recruits and high school coaches and travel coaches is that letter of intent. So we move out of being the wild, wild west and we move into 
doing something that's, that's got some penalties behind it. It's got some accountability behind it that will hopefully make the, the state of mind or, or peace of mind for coaches a little bit easier once you commit a kid. So we've worked on that, and I'll continue to push that. We're actually going to move, uh, move a lot of things forward as the season starts to wind down, collecting those conference-wide letter of incentives and seeing if we can't develop almost an assembly of, of conferences that recognize each other's. Let's see if that has some teeth to it. Let's, let's look at it for a couple of years and see if there's a, a potential opportunity there to talk about a national letter of intent. The other big thing that happened is being involved in all these conference calls, guys. I got a chance to hear, again, the whole entire negotiations of, as you guys know, we, we had a chance to have from the BCA working through the national, the championships, the uh, event staff, is we had a chance to really talk LC State into relinquishing the automatic bid to the World Series here in 22. And to hear that and be part of that, again, cutting my teeth on the NAI level and hearing that LC State got the automatic bid to the World Series, like, blew my mind. So now, fast forward, you know, or I'm sorry, fast forward, uh, you know, 15, 16 years later, I'm, I'm in the middle of negotiating that out, uh, talking about what the 22 national tournament's going to look like and uh, hearing the different sides and uh, uh, just a really cool moment. I'm like, hey, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm hearing what you're saying. How about we do this? And the format that we, we decided on and landed on is the format we're going to run with in 22. So, like, the ABCA has been able to – I've been able to get in the mix of, of all this and just impart, you know, hey, I, I, here's, here's a global view. So I'm not fighting for one particular program or one conference or the top 25 versus the other, you know, 160 programs. I'm talking about for all 188 of us, here's what makes the most sense. Here's, here's what the global perspective would tell us. Let's use the information that we have from – other associations, particularly the NCAA, and say, here's what they've done. Here's what makes sense for them because we've made some changes with Division Two and Division Three, and, and obviously Division One. So here's some things that we can use, take the best information that we have and make a great decision moving forward, and we've been able to do that. So, like, it's been great, and I love it. And I'm fired up again, like I mentioned. I get a chance to go back out to Lewiston um, and, uh, and really enjoy my time out there with the BCA. But, like, it, it's been awesome to bridge the gap between our association and that level – of baseball and make sure that they know that we're here for them. It's pretty cool. Coach, you have done just an outstanding job helping the NAIA. Uh, I really enjoyed meeting you out in Lewiston last year. We watched a little bit of baseball yeah. together. I really yeah. enjoyed that. And also what you did getting rid of the auto bit. Can't thank you enough for that. I think everyone <laughs> can agree. Coach, talk to us about how baseball talent in the NAIA has changed since you were a coach. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I appreciate the nod. You guys deserve the biggest nod. I mean, I think you've, what you and Robbie have done to elevate the, 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 the picture of what NEI baseball is and the communication channels and not just the Twitter account, man, it's, it's how that Twitter account has moved past the phone and the computer and it's gotten into conversations between NEI coaches and, and raising the level of awareness and, and recruits. And I, I just, you guys can't, can't get enough credit. I mean, I like, a, a Cody, when I saw him, I gave you a huge hug because it's like, and Robbie, when I see y'all, he hugged you too. Like, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. So, again, on behalf of a lot of coaches, we appreciate you guys. Um, the talent, you know, it, it's a funny conversation because, like, at the time when I was coaching there, um, and I'm throwing it back here, man, but, like, Bo Mills uh, from LC State was the national player of the year and was just a, an absolute terror. And you just see that trickle down. You have a couple of those real standout players, and everything trickles down accordingly. You know, I, like I mentioned, playing Embry-Riddle, and watching their team, and that was a team at the time that was repeatedly going back to the World Series and playing in the national championship games. And um, I think the talent level, for the most part, has has stayed the same. I would say probably it has gotten it has gotten better. And here's why: 
I think more high school and travel coaches are recognizing the legitimacy of NAI baseball. And again, as a college recruiter, and for any player listening to this, you may have had the same conversation. You say, coach, I'm getting recruited by this school, this school, this school. And you're like, well, I call from Georgetown and I say, hey, we're an NAI program. And you've got Division twos and Division ones and Division threes recruiting. And you go, coach, man, what, what's NAI? Like I had to answer that question a lot. And so um, I think playing better baseball and more exposure, and you guys playing a hand in that, certainly. But I think that's really helped elevate the profile of NAI baseball to where more recruits, more schools, more uh, exposure, all that's really helped really recruit and, and bring into the fold maybe some better talent, some better baseball players where, where really recruitable student athletes are looking at it going, you know, I, I get the Division One draw, man, but I can go here, you know, I can go to school X and you guys know I, I, I got to play, I got to play all sides here, but they, they, I can go to school X and I can compete for a World Series year in and year out. I know I'm going to win 40 games a year. Like I used to always use it in, from the recruiting perspective of, I know you're chasing Division One, but the Division One schools that are calling you, man, they're going 10 and 40 every year. I can tell you a little bit something I know about bad programs. Those teams don't have reunions because everybody hates each other. So, like, you can wear the sweatshirt and think that's sweet, but, dude, you're going to be miserable. Or you can consider an NAI program that's going to be a top 10, top 25 program and go, dude, I'm going to win 40 games. I'm going to compete. I got really great talent here. I got a chance to win a regional and go to a World Series. Like, that's what I want to do. And, again, I think from the small school perspective, I'll tell you this, I've sat and watched the World Series. I've watched the Georgia Gwinnett's and the Southeasterns and the LC States and the Oklahoma Cities. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of mid-major Division One that do not want to line up across the field from some of those programs. I would tell you that the NAI World Series, this isn't me being biased, but I've watched the Division Two World Series up close. I've seen that level of baseball. You do not want those NAI programs to show up at the Division Two World Series or somebody's going to get hurt. I mean, the, the level of play is really, really top-notch and elite. And so I think you, you just got to look at it, take levels out, and just go, what's the best fit? And when you do that, I think a lot more players are recognizing that, man, some of these NEI schools, at least if you're chasing winning and you really want to do some big things on the field, that could be the right fit for you. Coach, take me through your show, Calls from the Clubhouse. You know, it, it's highlighted some of the best NAI programs out there. And just recently – You've had, you know, uh, Rob Ruiz from Westmont, Adrian Dinkle from yep. Southeastern, Eric Peterson from Benedictine, Brad Stromdahl from Georgia Gwinnett, and then you've had NAI alumni, guys like uh, Jason Oshart from f- for the Phillies, uh, yep. Jake McKinley for the Brewers, of course, Matt yep. Deggs from the Northwood University of Cedar Hill, Texas. I mean, <laughs> shout out to Matt Deggs, alumni also. No uh, you know, out of all of the programs from JUCO to Division One, what sets these guys apart? What makes you want to talk to these guys who either played at the NAI level, coached at the NAI level, or are there right now making an impact in the NAI? Well, like I told you, man, I'm a homer, so like I, I always pull for those guys. But I think more than more than that, I think I could liken it to the example that I've used a lot with when I got a chance to talk with Clint Hurdle, the manager of the Pirates, and the great conversation that we had leading up to that conversation was in a very humble moment, he's, he's like, Sheets, why do you think I, I should be on this show with you? What do you think that coaches are going to learn from me? And I said, the beauty of it is, man, Clint, you're managing on the highest level, but the way you talk about 
growth and the way that you're going to talk about, you know, failing as a 22 year old and not figuring it out at 30 and then hopefully falling into some solutions at 40, that your story is going to sound just like the D1 coach, just like the guy that coaches D2, just like the NAI guy, just like the JUCO coach, just like the high school coach. And that's the beauty of baseball is we're all the same dude. We just wear different uniforms. And so those guys on the NAI level, like certainly I want to do my part to, to highlight every level. So NAI, D- Division Three, Junior College, D2, all of them, man, high school, travel, they all get equal play. But I thought like those guys, when you look at it across the board, like you want to talk about – and, again, I'm going to play – you know, super fan here on, on these coaches. Those are my, you know, if I collect baseball cards, I don't collect the players. I collect the coaches. Um, but Adrian Dinkle, man, Adrian Dinkle could take his style, his his plan, his approach. He could take that into a Division One school and be ultra successful. And that cat did it with, with almost nothing at Sterling and has brought the same plan to Southeastern and they're dogpiling. I think uh, Brad Stromdahl is one of the smartest individuals I've ever spent time with. So anytime I get a chance to hang out with Brad, um, I love it, but it's, it's, it's his growth. It's his journey. It's his path to getting to where he's at, and he's still trying to get better. He, again, what a great opportunity there at those schools. I mean, you can go down the list, man. Like, Denny Crayball is going to come on at some point. I mean, you just go down the list of guys. Kit McWilliams, his base running plan, he can sit in front of, and I've watched him do it at Barnstormers, Division One coaches, and they go, man, tell me more about this base running plan. And so the whole point of that is that, there are great teachers. There are great baseball people on the NAI level. And so I feel like when you get a chance with that platform to shine a light on them and let them tell their story and let them teach and let them get their information out, that's the response that we get back in the offices. Oh, my God, dude, that guy's special. And I'm like, I, you know, no doubt. That's why he got the invite to jump on. So, you know, Jeremiah Robbins, that was, we had him on after they won a couple in a row. Um, you go down the list, man, all those dudes brought so much to the table that uh, I feel like it's our part, especially from the associational end, it's our part to shine a light. And uh, NEI's got a lot to offer, so we want to make sure we get a, get a light on those guys as, as many times as we can. Coach, we'll go last question for you here, and, and it's kind of more of a of me telling you something, um, <laughs> and then I want, and then we'll have you answer. But you know, August second, twenty eighteen, you were on the Farm System podcast with with Bo and Joe. So NAI guys yep. right there have to listen to them. Have yeah. to. <laughs> have to support our guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, but you were on that, on that podcast and I'm on a plane, I'm going from Fort Lauderdale to Charlotte, Charlotte to Houston. And, you know, I, I keep my life, uh, you know, outside of what Cody, Cody knows a lot about me, but I keep my life, you know, my Twitter is all baseball. And yeah. so I was on a plane. I was getting ready to go to Houston. Uh, I had an interview with the Astros at Minute Maid Park and it was the first time you and I talked and I immediately texted mm-hmm. Cody. And when I got off this plane in Charlotte and it was all because on that podcast, you said something that, that stuck out to me that said where you are, because it's where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I was, I got off that plane. I texted Cody and I said, I need you to connect me with this guy right now. <laughs> and you messaged me. Like I had some sort of breaking news for, for you to, to put out there. And I, I felt terrible in, you know, but I said, I said, I told you, I'm not happy with anything that in in my life, the way that it was going yeah. at that moment. I was working for a company that I did not enjoy my job. I didn't enjoy the culture. And when I heard that, you know, because I'm on this plane, I'm an NAI kid going up against all these kids who graduated with mathematics degrees, engineering degrees, 
sales degrees from major Division One universities, and I went to Northwood, and I took I took yep. classes at Kaiser, you know, and yep. so I'm thinking, what am I doing here? I'm going to walk into Minute Maid Park, and I'm going to I'm going to be totally lost. But when I heard that, it totally changed everything for me. Oh man! And it comes down to where you are because it's where you're supposed to be. And while I'm, I'm in McAllen, Texas, and I work for a wonderful company in KRGV, uh, Channel 5 News down here in, in deep south Texas in the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. And my life has totally changed. And that's something I tell myself on a regular basis because I look at where I was in a place where I didn't enjoy. You know, I wasn't working for a company I like. I was not having fun in life. And I look at where I am now because it's where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. working for an incredible company, you know, doing this with NAI ball for a second season in a row. Uh, just the, the way that my life has changed because I followed that mantra, the people that have come into my life, the person who's come into my life and has totally changed everything in there for me. And I wanted to say thank you for that because if I didn't hear that on my way to Houston, I literally go in there and I probably tank. And while I had yeah. an, an awesome time at, at Minute Maid Park, you know, I ended up where I was supposed to be. And I've got to thank you for that. And so I wanted to just give you the opportunity to tell people at home, you know, I got to tell them what it meant to me, but tell the people yeah. at home what it means, what that saying that you say means to you. Oh, boy. Well, first of all, man, that, that, uh, I got two kids. You start talking like that, dude, I can cry in a heartbeat. So I had to, I had to choke a little bit there, but I'm, I'm telling you, I, I remember exactly where I was having that conversation with you. I sat on the stoop of my new shed that I just built a couple of weeks before in my backyard. And I sat right there middle of yard work and, and talked with you and gave you, I think we talked about an hour, hour and a half. And um, that conversation meant a lot to me. I mean, I think when you had the chance and somebody hit me with that and it, you know, it really puts it in perspective. And I, I'm thinking, you know, the guys listening to this, whether they're coaching, or their players or their parents. I think we all kind of hit from the same end on this is that that is true. I mean, but it, you have to adopt it. Like you, you, you can't know that it's true and okay, no, you have to adopt that lifestyle. I'm sorry, that mentality into your lifestyle in terms of the players, you can sit there and talk in the locker room about, I could have been here. I was there, man. I wish I was dude. You're at Texas Wesleyan because that's where you're supposed to be. Like, you can say it's all this and all that, but, man, there is – if you believe in the greater plan, which I'm, I'm a man of faith, so I, I believe in God's plan and his journey, and I, I believe that he's navigating mine. So I've given that up. I've given up that, that control of, man, I really wish that this would happen. And I fight it every day. I had a conversation with the coach today. I'm, I'm trying to think of, of down the road. He goes, dude, I mean, like, enjoy what you're doing right now. Okay. So I'm where I'm at because that's where I'm supposed to be. And so, again, I think if you can bring that into your everyday mentality – you don't look over the fence and try to manage someone else's grass while you're letting weeds grow in your own. I think you sit there and you manicure your yard and you edge it and you put seed down and you put fertilizer down and you try to grow everything that you can exactly where you are because you know that in the bigger scheme of things, this is exactly where you're supposed to be. There is something here that I can't see now. That's the, that's the, the downside to perspective. You can only get it through experience. But there's something here happening to me right now that I need to learn that's going to make me better, 
that's going to push me towards personal growth, that's going to push me in a different direction, that's going to open up an opportunity for me that I just can't see yet, but I have to trust that I'm where I'm at because that's where I'm supposed to be. And I look back at my career, guys, and, and I'm talking, again, like I mentioned, working for nothing and everybody in my life telling me, what are you doing? You just got a college degree. And I know you want to coach, but he's not paying you. And he wants you to be here all these hours. And you're, you're leaving all this money on the table, going to Brescia and, and working at a metal factory. You know how many of my friends called me and said, what are you doing? Like, you're willing to do that to coach? How about this? I take the job at Kentucky for $0. I'm the director of baseball operations making nothing. The only thing I get to do is coach on staff at the University of Kentucky, go work every camp in the country, and work 100 hours a week and be grateful for the opportunity to be in the SEC. But the beauty of it was, man, I sat down with my best friend, and he goes, dude, how much are you making? I mean, you're in the SEC. Holy smokes, what are we talking, six figures here? And I go, dude, I'm, I'm not making anything. It's the opportunity that I took. He goes, you're 25 without a paycheck or benefits? That makes you a loser. And I go, no, because that's, that's where I'm supposed to be. This opportunity wouldn't have come about if it wasn't meant for me to learn something. I go from Georgetown to Brescia, to UK, to St. Joe, to Spalding, and to the ABCA, man, and every step along the way. And I look back at every spot. I think we all can do this with, with the awareness to look back and try to pull the wisdom from the past and go, man, I was there at that moment during that time to hear this. I was at this you know, speech, and the guy said this, and I needed to hear that. Robbie, I DM'd Cody to get my number so that we could talk, so we could have that conversation. I really firmly believe in this. I believe in the fact that, that the plan falls into place when we step out of the way and let it happen. If we keep stepping in our own way, we're never going to learn the lesson. So, again, I, I'm, I'm very faithful to this, and more of it is about giving up the control of where things are going to go. And that's really hard, you know, especially for a guy like me to do. But, again, I think if I'm listening to this as a player, you're where you're at because that's where you're supposed to be. So crush the opportunity you have. Make the most of it. If I'm coaching and you've got dudes on here that are head coaches making 50 and you've got assistant coaches making a grand and they're all working 100 hours a week, you're where you're at because that's where you're supposed to be. That young assistant coach five years from now will be an assist paid assistant making 35 in benefits, and he'll look back and go, the lessons I learned, the, the, the shortcuts in laundry, you know, how to edge a field, how to properly drag an infield, how to cut grass, how to fix mowers, how to build, you know, batting practice nets, how to do all those things. I'm where I'm at. That's where I'm supposed to be. And I think, again, the more that you are able to make that part of who you are and give it up, and, again, for me, give it to God. And this is my own, like, you've got to keep working at this. I'm, you're never perfect. But I think the more that we can get there, man, I think things fall into place. And I'm really thankful and grateful that you gave me the opportunity to talk that out. So I hope somebody uh, took something from that. That's, I mean, it's, it's incredible to me. And, and everything you said, just a hundred percent of it is, is absolutely truthful. And one of the things you said, shortcuts and laundry, I have to give a shout out to Chance Willard over at Faulkner because him and I literally discussed laundry shortcuts. I did laundry (laughs) for Jeremy Kennedy and Robert Garza for multiple, 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 multiple years. That's how uh, for, for years I earned my, my scholarship and that's, how I kept my spot in the staff and, and, you know, so, and, and a lot of times I'll tell you, I didn't do it well, but you know what, towards the end there, I got it all right. And, you know, (laughs) so shout out to chance because uh, we, we literally discussed different shortcut techniques on pants. (laughs) And so it all comes full circle at some point, you know, I didn't get, I thought, 
what I would have thought was going to be that dream job wasn't that dream job. And where mm-hmm. I'm at, my life couldn't be better right now. I couldn't be more thrilled with that. And a lot of people wouldn't know that because I don't share anything outside of NAI baseball on my social media, but it's, it's, it's the best part. It's the best part. And that's a conversation of, of two guys who have been in the same, you know, at at one point or another have stood in the same place and have, have had the same experience. And so, you know, sheets, man, we just want to thank you for taking some time out of your day for joining us here on the NAI ball podcast brought to you by silverback sports and, you know, just, just for an incredible interview. And we're definitely, definitely, definitely looking forward to at some point down the road, having you on again and, you know, more conventions for us and, and NAI world series. And and we're just going to keep growing like you're growing. I love it, man. Well, I'm, again, I'm, I'm completely grateful for the opportunity to connect with you guys. And again, I can't say that enough. And on behalf of everyone that listens that, what you guys are doing to elevate the profile of NAI baseball and showcase these players. And like, I love to see you guys put the, the show out and these players are just, you know, I appreciate the shout out and the, and the highlight, the, the games of the week, like you guys are just killing it. So keep it up. And if there's anyone out there that feels like, you know, I can help you in any way, whether it's a player, coach, parent, anything like that, if you don't mind, uh, connect with me on social media at coach sheet three, shoot me an email sheets at abca.org. Call my cell phone, 502-767-7680. I'll be willing to help any way that I can. And I wish everybody great luck and hope to see all of you out in Lewiston. And he will definitely help you. Again, ladies and gentlemen, ABCA College Liaison, host of the Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, Jeremy Schiedinger. Coach, man, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll let you get back to get back to from work now. That's it. Much love, fellas. Take it easy. So again, a huge thank you to Coach Sheetinger, Sheets, as he likes to be called. Cody, man, that was probably, I mean, that sets the mark for interviews. Whoever's on next week with us is going to have a tough task. Yeah, that was an incredible interview. Uh, I remember when you brought this up that you wanted to get him on here. I was thrilled about it, and I just think he's a really, really, really great asset to the NEI community. Absolutely agree. I mean, just an incredible interview, really a great guy. I mean, just Big time. Couldn't be more thrilled that he was on with us. So definitely a thanks again to Sheets. Getting rolling with our Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week recap. IU Southeast, IU Kokomo was the first series that we're going over here. IU Southeast won the series two games to one. The first game went 10-5 to Kokomo. The second game went 4-3 to Southeast. 6-0 to Southeast. The players that we're highlighting in this series, starting pitcher Kyle Hawkins for the Grenadiers, seven innings pitch, no runs. Seven strikeouts. Got to give a shout to right fielder Jordan Brands. Four runs, two doubles, three RBIs. Had a huge walk-off single in game number two. And then IU Kokomo outfielder Jared Hurd. Three doubles and four RBIs in the series. Cody, man, IU Southeast, IU Kokomo. It was a great series. It was a battle for the River States Conference. IU Southeast comes out on top. Give me a little rundown of how this conference went. You know, just a really big Saturday for the Grenadiers. They took a really close one in the opener. And then Kyle Hawkins was a dude. to get the complete game shutout in game three. They cement their spot at the top of the River States. They're number one in the conference. You know, I think the Grenadiers are playing really well. I think they're they're my pick right now to hold strong and win that conference. This is a really big matchup. I think Kokomo in year two, got to give credit to them. And Jared Hurd, you can't say enough. That guy played really, really well this weekend. So, again, just congrats to IUS. They're the front runners right now. Yeah, definitely a great series between IU Southeast and IU Kokomo. And Kokomo obviously just bouncing back and beating Indiana Tech a few days later. That's their first win ever versus a ranked opponent, so congratulations to them. 
in really what is just a brand new baseball program. Our other Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week, our National Series of the Week was Tennessee Wesleyan and Truett McConnell. And Tennessee Wesleyan wins that series two games to one. 10-5 Truett McConnell in game number one. And then 7-5 Tennessee Wesleyan in game two. 6-5 Tennessee Wesleyan in game three. A very close series, a very competitive series. Players to highlight in this one, Tennessee Wesleyan starting pitcher Jack Granith. Five innings pitch, three earned runs, four strikeouts. The catcher, Shamoy Christopher, a home run with five RBIs. And then outfielder Braden Mosley, a home run with four RBIs. For Truett McConnell, shortstop Josh Johnson had five runs and two home runs. Cody, man, this was a huge Appalachian Athletic Conference battle. And right at the beginning of conference play, when Tennessee Wesleyan had lost some games in conference play, it seemed like they were out of it. All of a sudden, here they are, just one game back at the end of this series of Truett McConnell. Give me the rundown of how this one went. Yeah, Tennessee Wesleyan, they just always seem to find their way back near the top. Like you said, I'm really excited to see how this AAC is going to finish. You look at Truett McConnell, 14-4, and four, Tennessee Wesleyan, 13-5, and five, Brian, 12-6. and six. Super tight these next two weeks. Similar to the River State Series, you know, they dropped an opener. They come back on Saturday and they take two. Credit to Tennessee Wesleyan. Moving on here to our conference races, we're going to take a look at some of the conferences that are the most crowded, that have, you know, the biggest weekends coming up. And you cannot... Cannot, cannot, cannot forget about the Cal Pack right here, Cody. I mean, it basically comes down to two teams. Ben Mesa, Antelope Valley playing each other this weekend. What happens in this series? Give me the rundown of if Ben Mesa wins, if Antelope Valley wins. How does this all work out this weekend? I mean, this is a really, really big weekend for Antelope Valley. There's, this is do or die. They have to take these games off Ben Mesa. You look at Ben Mesa, if they take two games in this series, they're going to stretch their lead out to three games. And, you know, looking at their upcoming schedule, they have a lot of home games. I just really like Ben Mesa. If they take this series to win the Cal Pack, get that bid to the national tournament. So really looking forward to seeing what Antelope Valley doing, knowing their back's against the wall. And the Cal Pack, really an opportunity here for Ben Mesa to kind of cement their spot. Both teams playing for an opportunity to get that automatic bid into the national tournament and play baseball further into the season. Moving on here to the crossroads right now. Two-team race, Marion, Huntington. Cody, these two teams actually met earlier this week. Tell me about it. Just a really outstanding matchup. I was able to watch this. Shout-out to Huntington. They have an amazing broadcast out there. Uh, Really great game. Two-two game. Bottom of the 10th, Huntington. Austin Pritchard hit a walk-off grand slam. Stand their leader in first place in the conference. Just a really good matchup. Looking at that, Mount Vernon Nazarene's really playing well, too. So I think this crossroad race is really going to heat up. Very competitive. Take a look here at the Golden State Athletic Conference, and really it's a six-team race at this point. There are six different teams in this conference that you can say at the end of the day that team is going to walk away with a regular season title. Cody, break this one down for me. I mean, right now you've got the Masters and Vanguard at the top. Vanguard taking on Hope International this weekend. The Masters taking on Westmont. Westmont with an opportunity this weekend to jump right back into this race. Right now, three games out of first place. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of parity they have in the GSAC. You know, I'm a Southern guy. I really just kind of, the way I see GSAC baseball is kind of the way I see SEC football. Just anyone really can beat anyone on any given day. You look at the Masters. You have William Jessup, a team that was top 15 in the country to start the year. They're in sixth place currently, and they're not playing bad. They're 21-11 on the year. They're playing really well. This is just a really good conference. You have three teams tied in second place. Some of these teams are not even going to make the conference tournament. That's the shame in it. So these are really big weekends looking forward. Still a lot of teams alive in the G-Pack, but Concordia had a huge winning streak going. At one point, it was up to 14 games. 
Jamestown, really their first year in the G-Pack. They're entered this week at 12-4 and four in conference play. It's coming down to that. Cody, do you see a third team like Briarcliff or Morningside jumping into this race? Absolutely. I think Northwestern, Morningside, Briarcliff, I think it's anyone's game. I think the G-Pack's always fun. It's super open. I think Jamestown switching, their, they're in play. But I want to give credit to Concordia. They started the year 15-0. and I mean, to open the conference play 15-0, and that's incredible. To my knowledge, only Southeastern's the only other team to do that in the country. So just really credit to the Bulldogs. They played really well so far. The Wolverine-Hoosier Athletic Conference is basically, well, anybody's race right now. Indiana Tech, Lawrence Tech, Madonna, Michigan-Dearborn was 8-4 and four entering the week. Uno, Siena Heights, Lords. I mean, there are so many teams that are within earshot of Indiana Tech, who is sitting in first place entering this week at 7-3, and 22-12 overall. So much can change so quickly. Cody, give me a little bit of a, an idea of how you see the WAC playing out. I honestly don't have a clue. When you have four teams tied for second place, it's anyone's game. Indiana Tech would be the favorite. They're nationally ranked. You look at some of the wins they have over Freed Hardeman and Tennessee Wesleyan, um, they would probably be my pick. But Lawrence Tech, they have really big wins. They took a really big D2 win today. Michigan-Dearborn, we give Indiana-Kokomo a lot of love for being a second-year program. Michigan-Dearborn's a second-year program, making a lot of noise. They're playing very well. There's so many conferences around the nation that are tight. We'll keep an eye on it. Really coming into the final month of the season, and for some teams, really the last couple of two or three weeks coming up here. So all of that available, of course, via NAI Ball on Twitter and Facebook. Moving on here to surprises of the week. We'll get things going. Shout out to Olivet Nazarene. They win their series over USF, two games to one. The Tigers, 21 and nine on the year. Surprise of the week, Mid-America Nazarene sweeps the series versus number 13 Central Methodist. Another surprise of the week, Arizona Christian. They win the series over Vanguard, three games to one. You never really know what's going on in the Golden State Athletic Conference. Waldorf sweeps presentation. They were on an 11-game winning streak right there. Huge for Waldorf. How about the Masters? Aaron Shackelford and Anthony LaPree breaking the school home run single-season record on the same day. Right now, Shackelford with 23 long balls, LaPree with 22. And then how about this one, Cody? Oklahoma Wesleyan defeats Oklahoma City University for the first time in school history. Final score of 15-4. to I went all the way back through Oklahoma Wesleyan's history in the Dak Stats era. So that's as far back as 2004, and that's absolutely a huge win for Oklahoma Wesleyan. Congratulations to them. Cody, man, what jumps out to you this week? Shackelford and LaPrey have jumped out to me all week. I mean, if you've been following us on Twitter, they've just been outstanding. Yeah, we've been on them a lot, but they lead the entire country in home runs and RBIs. Those two teammates, they're one and two nationally in both those categories. Um, you know, they've already broke the single game or the single season home run record. So one of those two is going to finish with the record this year. So the race is on. And uh, we're really looking forward to it because that's awesome. No better time than right now to tell you about our sponsor, Silverback Sports, baby. Silverback Sports, the official sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast. The alpha in arm care and training essentials, premium and durable material for individual and team use. And they're always available, guys, at shopsilverback.com. That's shopsilverback.com. You know, looking at it right now, mini trampoline rebounder and carrier bag. That's under $50. You can get an entire ballistic throwing set for $50. And then the entire arm care bundle, the bands, the ballistic throwing set, $70. It's great stuff. They're coaches, made by coaches, for coaches, for programs, for individuals. 
for everyone. Silverback Sports, that's Silverback Sports and ShopSilverback.com. You can also follow them on social media at ShopSilverback and as well as ShopSilverback on Facebook. The NAI Ball Podcast Player of the Week, of course, brought to you by our great sponsor, Silverback Sports. Cody, tell us a little bit more about our Pitcher of the Week out of Lawrence Tech. Sam Brace out of Lawrence Tech was sensational. He threw a no-hitter. This is an upcoming program as well, playing very well. Eight innings, no hits, no runs, six strikeouts over Rochester. Just want to give a huge shout-out to Sam Brace for a no-hitter. Just incredible performance. Congratulations to Sam Brace at Lawrence Tech. I've got our hitter of the week, and it's, I mean, this was a tough one. This was one of the tougher hitter of the weeks that we've had, but we've given it to Bellevue third baseman JT Patterson, who had an absolutely incredible week, six home runs, 21 RBIs. He becomes the third player in the Dak Stats era that's since 2004 to hit back-to-back three home run games. Just an incredible week for him. That's that's better than some guys are going to have in long balls all year in one week. That's more RBIs than a lot of guys are going to have all year in one week. So congratulations to him. It was tough. We were talking JT Patterson, Alex Sanchez, really a tough week to go with, but JT Patterson gets it there. And of course, just to to be the third guy in the Dak Stats era to make a feat like that, absolutely incredible. So congratulations to our pitcher of the week, Sam Brace out of Lawrence Tech University in Michigan. And congratulations to Bellevue third baseman, JT Patterson on being our NAI ball podcast hitter of the week series to watch which games in series are you supposed to be watching around the nation according to NAI ball you should be watching and we'll start it off here with Oklahoma Panhandle State will take on Southwestern Christian Jarvis Christian versus Our Lady of Lake Talladega takes on Flomo Kaiser Warner in a battle of Sun Conference Mobile We'll take on Middle Georgia, Olivet Nazarene, and Robert Morris. University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma will take on Wayland Baptist. Corbin and the University of British Columbia, Texas A&M, Texarkana, LSU, Shreveport. William Jessup versus Menlo out west. Bluefield versus Point out east. Antelope Valley and Ben U Mesa playing for a lot on the line. And then Tabor versus McPherson. Cody, what sticks out to you? What are you watching this weekend? I'm really looking forward to some up north baseball. Olivet Nazarene versus Robert Morris. I like how they do it where one team gets one game, the other team gets the other two at home, so it's not like a complete away series. Really big matchup. Both of these teams are coming in playing really well. It's 11-3 versus 10-6 in the conference. That's the one I have my eyes on. There are going to be a lot of great matchups around the nation. Um, I got to go with Kaiser Warner. That's that's a series that I'm invested in, and that's one I will be watching. Another one, Antelope Valley, Ben Mesa as well because – there's a lot on the line there. I think it's a, might be a little bit too early for uh, Benny Mesa if they win the series uh, to be dogpiling over anything, but definitely whenever you're talking about an opportunity to get an automatic bid into the national tournament, emotions run higher. Antelope Valley knows that they're playing for something as well as they're in second place, so it's going to have a playoff baseball atmosphere. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm looking forward to that one in California. Our Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week. This one, as voted on by the fans, the Masters will take on Westmont. The Masters enters this game 28-10, and 17-7 in the GSAC. Westmont enters at 27-10, and 14-10 in the GSAC. So an opportunity for Westmont to climb right back into the GSAC race. Take a look here first at the Masters. 
with a team average of 318, a team ERA of 445. The hitters to watch, Anthony LaPrey, 431 average, 22 long balls with 64 RBIs. Aaron Shackelford, another hitter to watch, 400 average, 23 home runs, 65 RBIs. And then Max Maitland, we mentioned him earlier, 336 average, 49 hits, 11 extra base hits on the season. The pitcher that I chose, Robert Winslow, 276 ERA with an 8-1 record, 58 and two-thirds innings pitch, and 77 strikeouts this year. For Westmont, they're four and six in their last 10, a little bit of a slide, but they got a huge opportunity to turn things around right here, right now in this series. A team average of 303 with a team ERA of 3.63. Hitters to watch Bryce Morrison, 345 average, six home runs, 38 RBIs. Luke Coffey with a 306 average, six home runs this season with 30 RBIs. And then Taylor Bush is hitting 328 with 42 hits and 12 of those being extra base hits. Two pitchers to watch for this team. Justin Sanders, 272 ERA, 6-1 record, 56 in the third innings pitch, 54 strikeouts. And then Cody McLean has been the guy that they've turned to out of the pen. One ERA, that's one flat ERA. 2-0 record, four saves, 27 innings pitch, 27 strikeouts. Cody, this is a huge series out west in the GSAC because you've got the Masters with an opportunity to spread some distance between them and everybody else opportunity to knock Westmont out of the race and an opportunity for Westmont to climb right back into the GSAC race, which they're already right in the middle of. Tell me a little bit more about this one. Last year's series, these teams played six times. Westmont took five of them. Uh, you know, Westmont, they were ranked as high as number three this year. So you, you, to mention the slide, they have had some injuries, but so have a lot of teams. I think this is a really big matchup for them. I think the Masters have kind of taken their – the Masters seem to have a lot of pop right now. They seem to have a lot of noise. They're playing really well. So I think if the Westmont wants to shush that, this is a big weekend to do that. The Masters just seems to be kind of clicking at the right time. They seem to be getting hot at the right time. And, I mean, you've got a guy like LaPree and Shackelford really hitting the ball together at the right time, hitting the ball out of the park. So it's definitely going to be an interesting series to watch because we know Westmont is good, like you said, up to number three at at a lot of at one point this season. They were the number three team in the nation. They've got the talent. It's just about getting right back to it here now it's time for our silverback sports national series of the week and we head all the way to the other side of the country to the sun conference southeastern university takes on saint thomas university seu the defending national champion is 39 and 4 on the season 15 and 0 in sun conference play saint thomas university is 31 and 11 they are 13 and 5 in sun conference play Players to watch for SCU, they are hitting as a team 372 with a 291 ERA. We talked about it on Twitter the other day, one of the most dangerous offenses in the nation. Manuel Mesa, 423 average, 74 hits, 10 home runs, 38 RBIs. Ivan Nunez, 409 average, 17 doubles, 11 home runs, 51 RBIs. Abdel Guadalupe, 310 average, 15 doubles, 12 home runs, 41 RBIs. The pitchers to watch. Team ERA of 291. They don't just get it done on the offensive side. They get it done on defense, too. Felix Diegas, 171 ERA, 5-0 record, 42 innings pitch, 59 strikeouts. Opponents hitting just 180 off of him. And then Kevin Long with a 182 ERA, a 7-0 record, 54 and a third innings pitch, 57 strikeouts, and a 180 opponent average. For St. Thomas University, a 302 team average, a 388 team ERA. Players to watch, Sergio Lopez, 
345 average for him, 10 doubles, 5 triples, 10 home runs, 52 RBIs. Chris Garabedian, 333 on the year with 53 hits and 47 RBIs. And then Alejandro Rivero, 299 average, 6 home runs, 37 RBIs. One of the best pitchers in the nation actually has the lowest ERA among starters in the nation. It's Orlando Rodriguez, a 1.18 ERA with a 5-1 and record. 45 and two-thirds innings pitch, 52 strikeouts, opponents hitting just 197 off of him. And then his counterpart, Ian Exposito, their two-guy, 3-1-8 ERA, seven and two records, 65 innings pitch, 78 strikeouts. Cody, man, this is going to be one heck of a series, one intense series, and it's a series that I love watching every single year. Yeah, this is going to be fantastic. Uh, you look at Southeastern, to me, they're the unanimous number one team in the country. I think a lot of years up to this point, you're like, well, it could be this or this. I don't think there's really any question. I think they've been the best team in the country this year, hands down. And they have to go on the road to Miami Gardens playing three games at St. Thomas. This is their best punch. This is the best shot they're going to get until that opening round, you know, or to the Sun Conference Tournament, excuse me, because that's loaded. That's like an opening round in itself. Uh, this is really big. St. Thomas, you have Rodriguez on the mound. I think they have a chance in that Friday game. All you got to do is split one on Saturday at that point. Really looking forward to seeing how this one shakes out. The Bobcats are taking over the NAI ball Snapchat. They wanted it. They're looking forward to this weekend. They're ready for it. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm absolutely looking forward to that Friday night game one. It should be the Eggers versus Orlando Rodriguez. That would be an absolutely electric matchup. That would be something that no matter where you are, you should be watching that game. So congratulations to the Masters in Westmont as well as Southeastern University and St. Thomas. Those are our Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week. Cody, man, before we go, Mikey Perez-Negron wanted us to talk some Masters. Uh, you and I, even though you live in Georgia, uh, not big golf guys. So really quickly, give me one guy who's uh, who you think is going to win the Masters. Yeah, I know. I live in Georgia. Not a golf guy at all. Uh, I had to Google to make sure he's still playing because uh, he's the only one I know. Turns out Tiger Woods is still playing. So that's who I'm going to go with. That's the only golfer I got. So we're going with Tiger this weekend. Cody, man, he's a Texas kid. He went to the University of Texas. I mean, how can I not pick Jordan Spieth? I mean, that's that's perfection right there. So Jordan Spieth is going to win the Masters. Uh, I'm sure Mikey would have somebody of his own right. Um, I'm just going to guess and say that he would go with somebody like Ricky Fowler. That's that's a golf guy, right, Cody? I mean, sure. Sounds like one. All right. So Mikey's taking uh, Ricky Fowler, and, and that's just the way things are going to roll. We make Mikey's pick for him. So that'll do it for us this week. An incredible show. We want to thank everybody for sticking around and listening with us. It was an absolutely fantastic episode nine. As always, you can reach Cody at NAI Ball on Twitter for all of your score, stats, news, information, updates from around the nation 24-7. He's available at NAI Ball. You can reach myself at RobG1063. Also, don't forget to follow our sponsor, Silverback Sports, at Shop Silverback and ShopSilverback.com. Until next time, thank everybody for listening to the NAI Ball Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9, brought to you by Silverback Sports. Hey guys, Robbie Gutierrez here, host of the NAI Ball Podcast. Let me take a moment to tell you about our sponsor, Silverback Sports. Silverback Sports was created by coaches and for coaches. 
They are supplying over 100 colleges around the nation with bands and ballistic plyo balls in throwing and hitting sets. On top of it all, they now offer mini rebounders and leather wrist weights. They have top quality products at affordable prices. Find it all at ShopSilverback.com and follow them on Twitter at ShopSilverback. Silverback Sports, the alpha in arm care and training essentials. 